0: talked to a lot of Denver venture capitalists who have told me that money was just kind of running wild last year. Like people were investing in all sorts of things without necessarily doing their due diligence. Um, And I don't think that's happening quite as much now with the economic downturn. Two other startups reached out to me that also focused on food tech. And so I started digging into it. I found that um, a research firm had listed Denver and Boulder as like the number five Um, ecosystem in the world for food tech hubs. And I was like, okay, well, this is a story.
1: This is the Proco 360 podcast. I'm Dave Tabor, hosting Proco 360 because I love Colorado and I love getting to know Colorado's entrepreneurs. Today's episode, kinda different. It's with Nikki Wentling of the Denver Business Journal. Her beat is technology, innovation, and biotech, and her column has been catching my attention. I mean she breaks it into segments focusing on investment and funding and featured companies like the last one I saw was on Atom Computing. That one really got my attention. That's an expanding player in Colorado's emerging quantum computing sector. So uh, Proco 360 has featured amazing tech CEOs from companies like DigitalOcean, Proximity, Evolve, Fluid Truck, and yes, uh, that's as much tech as vehicles, and also Quantum Metric. And this last episode I just released was with Ben Wright of Velocity Global. So, yes, I do a lot of tech. And Nikki came to Colorado earlier this year, so she's got some fresh eyes as we enter Q4 of 2022, and I wanted to get Nikki's take on what she's been seeing and what she's seeing more broadly in the tech center now and also going forward into 2024. So Nikki, thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, Nikki and I were hanging out for a while. The studio was kind of getting things set up, and we had a chance to talk, And but uh, describe your beat.
0: Sure. Yeah. So I cover the technology industry in Denver, in the greater Denver area. So that's Denver suburbs and then as far as Boulder. Um, And I also cover innovation, which, you know, is startups and the venture capital activity happening in this area. Um, You know, as we talked about, technology is this kind of broad umbrella thing. So a lot of things fall under my beat from like the big public tech companies that are headquartered in Denver. Um, to startups getting off the ground to you know initiatives that the city, state, and you know universities might be doing in the tech area,
1: yeah, so how do these how do you find these? Do they find you? do the startups kind of reach out to you to i mean the biggest companies probably don 't come knock on your door to do a story, do they or do they
0: uh not always <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a mix of things um so i 've been you know in this role for about six months now, um so I this feel, world
1: meaning Colorado,
0: yeah, <laughs> being Colorado being tech um in the Denver area. So I feel like people are, you know, finally starting to, you know, realize, oh, like, you know, this person covers tech all the time. We could reach out to her. So I'm getting a lot more tips Got it. that yeah. way. Um, but, you know, I also look to, like, um, public records, like SEC filings, layoff the layoffs trackers. um you know, patent submissions, things like yeah, that. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's a lot different from how you got your start, right? Weren't you covering like crime in the middle of the <laughs> night somewhere?
0: <laughs> yeah. I was in uh, Little Rock on the night crime beat a couple oh, days a week um, and then covering the military. So, uh, you know, business is brand new for me as a coverage area. I was in politics for a long time, um, but I'm, you know, really happy with the change. Tech I- is exciting and tech in Denver is, is really exciting.
1: Yeah. Now, how do you decide who you want to cover? I mean, I it's nice. I've been doing this podcast now for oh several years and, and I get PR firms reaching out, wanting their clients to come on. And, you know, some, some really aren't a fit based on the criteria I look for. Others, you know, like, wow, that's kind of cool. Okay. So how do you, when you're looking for stories, how do you decide like yeah. what makes sense?
0: Well, the criteria that we really have to meet at the Denver Business Journal is, you know, the subject has to be in Denver or the surrounding area. So, you know, sometimes someone will send me something interesting about you know, what's going on in Fort Collins or Colorado Springs, but I can't really, you know, cover those places. They have their own business publications. So we're really Denver, Boulder. And then the other criteria is, um, you know, we have to provide value to our readers. So letting them know of opportunities, um, you know, for potential investments or just what's going on to make them smarter. Um, I also just, you know, if things are interesting, (laughs) you know, and I want to look into them more, um, you know, if I personally find them interesting, I think that I can write a story that's interesting for our readers. I
1: get that. And I feel the same way. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I've covered like really little companies just because I find them super fascinating and they're in a really interesting niche. And then sometimes like... the the harder question for you is you can't cover every startup. When they have two employees, three employees, they may have a great idea, but come Mm -hmm. on, are they really newsworthy? How do you think about that?
0: Yeah. So usually, you know, I'll cover a startup when they're um, raising funding. So it might be that I don't do a lot of pre-seed and seed uh, round startup coverage, but you know, if they've raised funding, um, or they're doing something interesting, I'll look into them. Uh, this, you know, reminds me of a story I had last week. Um, so there was a, a startup um, in Boulder. They reached out to me. Uh, it's a few Colorado or University of Colorado, excuse me, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. students, um, and graduates who were, uh, you know, planning to launch this startup um, in December. So they hadn't even gotten off the ground yet. So I kind of, you know, put it to the side. And they were a food tech startup. So, you know, dealing with restaurants and they had this innovative idea. Um, But then, you know, two other startups reached out to me that also focused on food tech. And so I started digging into it. I found that um, a research firm had listed Denver and Boulder as like the number five um, ecosystem in the world for food tech hubs. And I was like, okay, well, this is a story. So, you know, it's something that wasn't necessarily a story on its own, but I put the pieces together, found this trend. So like, there are a lot of examples yeah. like
1: that. That's a good story. And, you know, you still... So in a in a bigger story like that, you might want to mention this little startup, but <laughs> but, you know... People come to you. They must come to you all the time with like, I'm going to start this thing. You should cover it. You should watch <laughs> me, right? You just can't do that. No,
0: can you? Uh, no, not all the time. I mean well, – probably
1: <laughs> hardly ever, right? Yeah, I probably, mean, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, They have to. there has to be some meat on the bone there. Like, yeah. there. They have to have some traction. I have to be able to talk to someone else who believes in them that has, you know, the pockets to help them or, you know, something like that. Yeah, so.
1: that, uh, that's – I think that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find the same sort of level of discernment around – around podcast episodes, right? So um, it's fun now and then to do really intriguing little things you you hope, you hope Mm -hmm. will do well. But yeah, you can't build a can't build your, your reputation on that either. Can For you?
0: sure. You have to have, you know, credibility. You're putting your name, you know, out there with this company, you know, you have to explain why it's viable. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our, our readers particularly, you know, are in the business community and look to us to like be that filter. So I have to be a filter.
1: So that's, you know, I was going to move on, but now I'm not. <laughs> because when you think about your job as a mm-hmm. filter, you're filtering A, based on what you think is going to be interesting, but you mm-hmm. also have to have sort of a business filters like come on, is this thing going to work?
0: Mm-hmm, so sure.
1: you must not always be right. Have you been wrong <laughs> before? Like where you you dismiss a company it turns yeah. out to be like, oh my God, I could have had a scoop.
0: Well, I've only been here for six months, so yeah, I, but... I don't know that it's happened yet, but it, it's probably likely to. But I, I try to do the due diligence and, um, you know, I've gotten some good sources under my belt so far, like local venture capitalists. Um, so, you know, I can turn to them and ask them and I trust them more uh-huh. than I trust myself in some cases because I don't, you know, I don't vet startups for, for a living.
1: That's a good way to put it. All right. I'm going to shift gears because I want to talk Mm -hmm. about some of the trends that have played out in 2022. And maybe based on all your stories, all your research, what you're seeing going forward, but what the big story now seems to be hiring. Mm -hmm. And in 2022, right beginning of this year, people could not get enough employees, no matter what, now we're seeing Some of the larger tech companies doing layoffs, the smaller ones seem to have been maybe less. Maybe they're just not talking about it as much. But Mm -hmm. what are you seeing in the last few months and does it give you any sense of where we're going?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. And I've been following layoffs pretty closely. I get the the Google alerts for any layoffs happening in this area. Um, And Crunchbase has a really good uh, comprehensive list going of – you know, big tech companies that are doing layoffs. And I looked last night, um, you know, before before today, and they they said that 44,000 tech employees have been laid off so far in 2022. Um, and, you know, Denver isn't immune to that. Um, so last month, um, Twilio that has a big presence here, they're not headquartered in, in Denver, but they have, um, you know, 650 employees here. Um, and they were kind of, they exemplified this case of what's going on with you know big temp- big tech companies across the board um where they almost overhired last year like mm. you said like just to get what
1: they could get yeah, yeah just
0: like growing really fast 2021 was like this huge explosive you know growth phase for a lot of tech companies so um Jeff Lawson the Twilio CEO he you know admitted we grew too rapidly and now we have to right size to get back to profitability so he cut um 11% of the workforce across the board and i i will admit that i don't know how many of those um you know were in denver yeah, yeah. it's hard it's kind of hard to know especially twilio is a remote first company um or they went that way yeah. this summer so it's hard to know um but that's yeah definitely a, a big t- tech company here that's followed
1: that yeah is there any any conclusion early conclusion you could make as to what kinds of companies are are like the the example you just cited with twilio where mm-hmm. they they just hired as fast as they could versus the kinds of companies that are continuing to hire now mm-hmm. uh is there some attribute that difference differentiates those
0: yeah for sure and um it almost seems like this contradiction because i I talk to companies all the time after they've raised money um you know, who are still able to raise money, who are hiring. Um, So I was at an event for Trimble, uh, the the publicly traded company that's newly headquartered um, in the Denver area. Uh, And I I went to an event last week where they were, you know, officially moving their headquarters here. So it was an exciting thing. And the governor was there. um, And I was able to talk to the CEO, uh, Rob Painter, and he said, you know, they're continuing to hire engineers. They've been Hiring, uh, you know, about a third of their workforce is engineers, so that's really what they're focused on. Um, And he said that they were going to do another hiring push at the start of 2023. Um, You know, so it's interesting to see that. That's a big global tech company too, but they're they're hiring. Um, And you know, I've talked to to venture capitalists about startups, and basically they say the the ones that were uh, responsible and efficient, and um, you know, kind of held on to their money more during this the explosive phase of the pandemic um, are maybe the ones that are getting away now without having to make big mm-hmm. big cuts.
1: Yeah, interesting. Now, are you seeing, you know, there's a lot of conversation around hiring of women and people mm-hmm. of color in tech. Um, uh, yeah, What are you seeing in Colorado? What are you seeing well, I mean, in your beat? And does it vary between the kind of tech company, hardware, software, biotech?
0: Yeah, there's not you know a lot of hard data I've been able to find on this, but a report was released earlier this summer um, that I wrote about by CBRE, and it was overall good news. Um, Denver was you know listed as the number ten ecosystem in the country for tech talent, um, but like looking closer at that report, um, you know I was able to figure out based on their demographic data that. Um, Denver is also the least diverse of those top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so 73% of the tech workforce in the Denver area is white and 23% are women. So, you know, obviously there's an issue there with, um, you know, people of color and women getting into the tech workforce. But I think, you know, I have heard a lot of sentiment here. Like people are aware of this issue. Yeah. So Denver Startup Week, um, I don't know if you you followed that much last month, but, um, you know, they focused a lot about – the diversity gap in the tech world um, I was in one event uh, where uh, Diane miles, who's CEO of dope Mom Life here in denver um you know she was the only black woman in the room, and she pointed that out um and was wondering you know what what Denver what Colorado could do to increase you know opportunities for mm-hmm. people of color for women to get their foot in the door um, in this industry so I don't know, you know, what initiatives are happening. I'd I'd love to look into that more, but I know that it is a problem and people are aware of it. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Take a quick break. You're listening to ProCo 360, named Best Denver Podcast three years running, and this year and last year named Best Colorado Business Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. My guest today, a little different theme, Nikki Wentling, covering tech for the Denver Business Journal. Thanks to our sponsors, Kinsley Meetings. By the way, Steve Kinsley, great friend, and he's Proco 360's longest running sponsor. If you need help with your meetings, please reach out to Kinsley meetings. Also via technologies, they host Proco 360, which is a pretty data heavy site, holding all of my podcasts, blogs, and so forth. Uh, Appreciate those guys. And Colorado biz magazine, we're expanding. uh, We're collaborating to expand our audiences uh, who are focused on Colorado business. So go to proco360.com to check out these sponsors and uh, back to Nikki. You know, a lot of times we talk about tech and I think there's sort of this default notion that tech is really software. And we think mm-hmm. about software. Obviously, UB covers hardware. You mentioned robotics before we even got started. Also things around biotech. So um, let's talk a little bit about hardware for a minute. You've you've um, some written a couple of stories about Colorado sort of emerging as a quantum computing mm-hmm. uh, sec, uh, space. Well, quantum computing, of course, that's software and hardware. But talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'd love to talk about quantum, and I won't pretend to understand all, uh, the, all yeah, that goes yeah. into that. Um, but, yeah, I got, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Atom um, Computing held this event. They're a um, San Francisco-based tech or quantum computing company that just opened a research and development site in Boulder. So they, you know, had the governor out, they did a ribbon cutting, they invited us all in and tried to explain, you know, what they were doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tried to explain, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think they did a pretty good job. Um, I might've been the only person on the, on the tour to be like, okay, I need like a full class on yeah. this if I'm going <laughs> to yeah. understand it. But I got, I got the gist, um. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal for the area. So, um the CEO over there, Rob Hayes, he said that they chose Boulder because, you know, there are already um there's already quantum expertise here um in the Denver and Boulder area. There are a couple quantum research firms and there's two other big quantum companies, uh Cold Quanta and Maybell Quantum. And um you know, with their move here, um Atom Computing promised basically that that they'd invest a hundred million dollars in this area through hiring and expansion. Um, Quantum is, you know, in its infancy is what I've heard. And you know what these companies have told me, they're all trying like, you know, scrambling to get um, profitable and uh, push this out to the commercial sector. Uh, And the governor, you know, he was at that event and I had a chance to talk to him, you know, really quick about it. And he said, you know, quantum is on its way to becoming, you know, to pushing out in the commercial sector. And he really wants Colorado to be the hub when it does that. That's
1: super cool. Yeah. 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 Now, um, biotech is emerging in Colorado, too. I mean, years ago, uh, years ago, I heard that um, biotech was described as sort of a terminal location where if you're an executive and you get and you take a job in Colorado and then you lose it. You got to move again, but that that's kind of changed. I mean, what are you seeing um, in in biotech specifically? And is is my perception sort of similar to what you yours?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of exciting things going on in biotech that I've um, you know gotten to cover recently. It's like, you know, at the Denver Business Journal, we say it's a big part of my beat because it is such a big um, you know ecosystem here. So I think the Colorado Bioscience Association has a lot to do with that. They you know, lobby the legislature for um, you know friendly practices toward biotech companies. They you know help recruit people. Um, one one really cool thing I think they do is work with universities to. Like, let them know what trends are, you know, coming up in the biotech world so that they can educate their students to be ready for the workforce. Yeah,
1: what's a company that you've covered in biotech that maybe we haven't heard of that's doing some really super cool stuff?
0: Yeah, well, there are are a couple that have recently moved to Colorado, so I've gotten the chance to cover them. One is Verda Health. that that, that they're they're not in Colorado yet. They're in the process of moving from California, but they're doing um, diabetes treatment, um, like really focusing like a holistic approach. um, And they're taking the approach of um, you know helping people not have
1: diabetes anymore. Yeah, it's more more of a diet-first-based approach, (laughs) right, to get rid of medications. For
0: sure. And the goal is not to, like, treat it, but it's to, like, totally get rid of it. And they've gotten a ton of funding. They've been incentivized to come to Colorado, so...
1: Well, and I would think it's a good fit because I think Colorado's got the lowest obesity rate in the country or something to that. (laughs) I mean, it it probably is a consistent thing for them. Well, who else? What's another example?
0: For sure, well-being is is a, a huge thing, I think, for that. And I hear... People tell me all the time when they 're moving to Colorado um companies that you know well being is a big reason for that um viewray is another one that's that just moved from ohio um, and they do um, a cool uh, radiation treatment for cancer so instead of a patient having to you know have their whole body going through radiation it really like pinpoints it so that they don't um experience as many um, symptoms so i th- i think that's really cool too
1: yeah that's now you know i i separated in this question line of questioning i separated hardware software biotech mm-hmm. and everything but software interconnectivity regardless whether you're hardware or biotech whatever there's an amazingly strong connection, especially with the need for software engineers.
0: Oh, for sure. Right.
1: So, do you think that it's the same kind of talent? Like, if you're a biotech company, a robotics company, or a, a palantir, you know, mm-hmm. are, are, you, are you are they going after the same kind of software engineers? Or are they somewhat segmented in the market as you've been able to see?
0: So, I think they're they're somewhat segmented. I think that you do get this case where you know denver has become a biotech hub or is becoming a quantum hub because you know there are companies here doing that and other companies need that workforce um because it's so niche and skilled and you know you have to have specialized knowledge um about those things so they need to come where that workforce already is to to poach or you know to to have access to that knowledge and i think for software companies, um, you know, they're looking at a broader pool of developers or solutions architects. Um, they don't necessarily have to look, you know, for people with like a deep specialized skill.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm going to talk some, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, um, about fundraising and actually before I dive into the fundraising piece one more one more uh a plug for our sponsors. Really appreciate our friends at Kinsley Meetings via Technologies and Colorado Biz Magazine. This is ProCo 360. I'm your host, Dave Tabor. This is the podcast featuring entrepreneurs who could be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. This episode is with Nikki Wentling, who covers tech for the Denver Business Journal. Go to Proco360.com to subscribe to the newsletter read my blog, link to sponsors, and catch the books I'm listening to on Audible. So I do want to talk, um, Nikki, about fundraising. I mean, lots of your stories begin with, you know, company XYZ raises, Mm -hmm. you know, $20 million, $100 million, whatever the case. And when you cover these, I always wonder sort of about the balance between the news angle and the fact that they just got millions of dollars Mm -hmm. versus (laughs) kind of like what they're doing and why they're attracting the money they're attracting, Mm -hmm. you know, so... As you think about, as you think about that, like, do you spend a lot of time trying to understand and digest like why they're raising that money, why they're attracting it?
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, I write a lot about fundraisers happening, um, you know, which is a good sign that they are happening in Colorado. A lot of places have seen fewer deals. Um, So, you know, Colorado's been pretty good on the the venture capital, um, you know, in the last quarter. Um, But yeah, I take a look. I usually cover these fundraisers if I can talk to someone at the company who will tell me their plans for it or tell me, explain to me exactly what they do, Um, because a lot of times it's a software company um, that, you know, just says it's a software company and they raised all this money. So I'd like to find out what they do, what their plans are, you know, what they see as their biggest challenge.
1: Yeah, but getting back to that. Yeah. The idea that, you know, sometimes it it seems like, okay, we're going to be the next Amazon or the next uh, this or the next that mm-hmm. and they get a, some really smart people and they raise a ton of money and they don't have, like, they haven't done it yet, particularly, they've got some maybe proof of concept, so I always wonder, well, I don't always, but I often wonder, is like who's giving them, is there is there just such a desire to invest in tech that, you know, we don't, I mean, are people paying really close attention, do you think? <laughs> They must be. They're smart. So I think
0: that answer now is different than it was last year. Um, So I wasn't around covering venture capital in 2021, but I've talked to a lot of Denver venture capitalists who have told me that money was just kind of running wild last year. Like people were investing in all sorts of things without necessarily doing their due diligence um and I don't think that's happening quite as much now with the economic downturn. But venture capitalists yeah. told you that? Yeah, yeah.
1: So were they like winking and, and like <laughs> nodding over at these other guys or Yeah I, th- I think
0: that they're they're saying that they weren't like that. Yeah. But, you know, but the other people were like that. Um so and then and then they the, you know, they say that um people are being more cautious now, so they're they're vetting uh, companies a little harder and the, the companies that are getting funding now, um, you know, are more capital efficient, um, at least that's the the overall feel. Um, but, you know, in some cases, like I think, what was it, the, the WeWork founder um, who started a new venture that didn't have much proof and just got a ton of money for it. I yeah. think a lot of startup founders were upset by that because they're like, hey, I have proof and and I'm not getting this money. But, you know, he was a name that, that people knew. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Well, I just, as you know, um, just released a podcast with uh, Ben Wright of Velocity Global, and they're a global platform for remote and distributed workforce. Are you seeing over the last, you know, months changes in what you perceive as hiring practices among tech in Colorado?
0: Yeah. So I, um, as you know, you know, I've started in May and every company I talk to, I ask them, you know are what are you doing? Are you remote? Are you hybrid? Are you fully in the office? No one is fully in the office. I haven't heard the answer yet. Um most people are fully remote um and there are some some going hybrid at least you know anecdotally from what I've heard um and you know, I didn't see much hard data on this until um hired came out with a report earlier this summer. They're a tech recruiting marketplace. Um, and, you know, it, it said Denver is a big, um, draw for people from New York and San Francisco who work in tech and they make, you know, remote workers in Denver make 2.5% more money than locally based tech workers. And, it, you know, a lot of people talk about Denver's cost of living as being out of control, yeah, yeah. but for those people, um, you know, their dollars go further here than New York and San Francisco. Yeah.
1: That's so if you work for a New York or San Francisco based company as a tech worker and you live in Denver, you're likely to be making 2.5% more money than a locally employed tech worker. Is that what you just said?
0: (laughs) Well, and it looked at remote workers from everywhere, not just New York Mm, and San Francisco. So remote workers in Denver make 2.5% more, according to this
1: report. Interesting. Uh, hmm, This could be an interesting podcast when it's released. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I know.
0: Yeah. yeah, Controversial.
1: Uh, You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Colorado has attracted some HQs, which Mm -hmm. are cool, tech HQs, uh, uh, Palantir, I mentioned earlier, is famous for having just moved here, just on their own, on their own, without any incentives without any fanfare. They just like yeah. changed their address and their website. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was, was it. it. Yeah. I know. Um, there's also a lot of HQ2. Things happening. Mm-hmm. An Australian company opens its next. I think that was the the one you mentioned earlier. Um, and companies that are looking to expand are expanding into Colorado, calling it their this their HQ two. Right? Do mm-hmm. you think that's continuing? What's your take on that?
0: Oh, for sure. And if anything, I've been reporting more on those in the last month or so than I even did before. Um, so a few of those were, yeah, Trimble. Like I said, just mm-hmm. announced um, its headquarters was here. They had an office here, but you know, just gave Denver their designation as mm-hmm. like this yep. is our headquarters. Um, the Irish company Teamwork um, just announced an expansion here. I talked about Verta Health. Uh, BiteWell is another food tech company mm-hmm. um, that went fully they were fully remote and then decided they wanted an office space which is kind Mm -hmm. of different than what i've seen and they picked denver even though none of them had lived here before oh cool yeah so that was really cool um australia Lumachain um is an ag tech company that announced their american headquarters here and then um the uk software company cladara um they just came to Denver yeah. as well. It's
1: cool. when they picked North American headquarters. They're, you know, you see often that they're picking yeah, Denver. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, uh, just for fun now, as we kind of wind down, if you could think of, you know, sort of three different companies, maybe one hardware, one software, one maybe biotech that you think exemplify Colorado's trajectory, you know, what examples might you come up with?
0: Yeah, well, we've talked about, you know, um, tech workers coming from the coast to, to Denver. So I want to talk about TestBox. I think, um, you know, they're a software company that's based in Boulder. And I was talking to the CEO not long ago. And they're, um, most of their workers are from San Francisco. And they consciously made the choice to start their um, startup in Boulder because they wanted out of the pressure cooker of San Francisco. Ah, interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that is is really you know it really exemplifies what's happening here. Um, as far as hardware, I would point to Scythe Robotics, which we talked a little bit before we started. Yeah. Um, Scythe was on a podcast. Yeah, they, yeah. they're
1: like seven thousand units backed yeah. up. They're they're doing so I well. I know.
0: I think you know. That is really, they're at a turning point from development to, you know, getting the motors out there. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like Denver is overall is kind of at a turning point too, where they're like on all these lists of tech ecosystems in the United States, they're right behind the biggest tech hubs that you would think of. So, you know, I I see Denver as being at a similar turning point um, to that company. Yeah. Um, And then I'll talk about biotech again. Um, I just reported Monday about Biodesics. Um, They went public in 2020 with the intent of hoping to reach more patients with their, uh, they do blood-based diagnostic testing for lung cancer. Mm. And they just signed a contract with the Department of Veterans Affairs, which is the largest integrated healthcare system in the United States. So that potentially introduces them to a ton of patients. Um, They're also moving into a bigger office. So that, that growth is like, you know, really
1: huge yeah so when you reach out to these kinds of companies and you, like do you have a a favorite question that you like to ask that you know is more than just that elicits more than their canned response?
0: yeah, so it's kind of funny um one tactic I learned in journalism school that has proved true is that at the end of uh, every interview, I ask companies you know, if they had anything they would like to add that I didn't ask about. And they always start by saying, uh, like, no, I think we covered it all. And then they go in and they give me, like, the best quote of, you know, the interview. Um, And it it seems like it always happens that way. Not to give my secret away so people Uh, will actually start saying no. But, um, yeah. And and then I always ask, you know, what – um, they see as their, their biggest challenge. Um, sometimes they pivot away from actually answering that question, but I like to ask yeah. it, um, because sometimes they're truthful and, um, you know, that could potentially be a future trend story or an issue story. I look into like what challenges are facing. Yeah.
1: I suppose if they're in companies. the middle of a fund funding raise, they may not answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <biggest but laughs> they're like, Oh, we
0: don't have you know, yeah. any problems. Oh no, <laughs> it's all smooth.
1: Of course, then you, that, that ought to get the, the, uh, spidey sense tingling. Yes, right? for sure. Right? Yeah. Um, the, especially the ones that say, we don't have any competitors. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. That's everyone heard, has competitors. You've heard that, haven't yeah, you? Oh, we I don't have, We're so special. We're yeah. so different. Or,
0: you know, we're the first, we're the best. Those are really hard to take at face value uh, because there are so many yeah. startups, so many smart people out there. So
1: yeah. Um, any patterns, cause you've, you've, you have you have you have done tech journalism, other places, mm-hmm. but you've done journalism, other places. Any, any sense for, how receptive you feel like Colorado tech companies have been to to your coverage, to your probing, to your exploring about who they are?
0: Yeah, I think people have been um, pretty open. I, I think that tech in Denver right now is exciting and people want, want to talk about it for the most part. Um, whereas, you know, in other things I've covered crime and and politics. Maybe, you know, not everyone wants to talk to me. I have, you know, tech companies do seem to be a little more secretive than others. um, For some reason, you know, they might be in stealth mode and their tech isn't um, released yet. So, you know, it's hard to get them to talk to me or they want to talk to me, you know, on their timeline and not on my timeline. Um, so there definitely is some of that. Um, but so far, you know, I've had good experiences. I haven't had a completely negative experience with a company yeah. here yet. And but but I
1: would think sometimes, you know, they want you handled through yes. their PR people. Oh, um, for sure. You don't want that. That's no. not No, that's not interesting <laughs> at all, is it?
0: No, no, it's not. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I do get to talk to the CEO, but, uh, you know, it would be great to talk to the CTO or, you know, someone a little lower down um, who – maybe is able to tell me more in the weeds, things going on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always a a struggle too. Um,
1: and you know, you can't, as we wind down, um, and you think about sort of the companies that you're paying attention to going forward, the ones that maybe haven't covered yet, Mm -hmm. but you know, are super intriguing. What are a couple of examples of companies that you're looking forward to, to, uh, watching and exploring?
0: Yeah, well, you know, we talked about Velocity Global a little bit, but they've been on my list of, um, you know, people that I want to talk to. And I know you just did a podcast on them, so you probably know more about them at this point than I do. But I saw that they recently made a list of like best uh, financial tech firms in the United States. Um, You know, I'm wondering if you know, if they're preparing for an IPO or like what their successful exit looks like. Um, So I want to pay attention to that. And the same thing with outside, um, you know, what Robin Thurston is doing with the Outerverse. um, And then, you know, are they also preparing for an IPO? Like those are a couple of big things. And Palantir, like we said, is kind of a mystery still. They quietly move their headquarters to Denver. Um, I I really want to find out, you know, what they're up to and I'll be Um, you know, paying attention to their third quarter earnings call coming up.
1: Yeah. Very good. Well, I think that's a good note to end on, but I do want to ask you one last question. What haven't I asked you that we should talk about?
0: (laughs) Nice. Uh Um, there is a company that I recently featured that I think is cool. Um, you know, I have covered them, but I do think they're going to be exciting to pay attention to is uh, Terran? They're a climate tech company um, that does remote sensing and they didn't start in climate tech. They, um, you know, s- applied their technology in other ways before really finding their foothold recently. And they have a lot to do with finding climate risks after w- wildfires and how uh, states can mitigate those. Um, and, you know, obviously Colorado has wildfires yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i think that they'll be a really cool company to pay
1: attention to Wow well i'm glad you brought them up and uh so that does it does i think illustrate for for listeners um how much fun it is <laughs> to discover these companies and oh, dig so in and fun. find out about what they're doing and I mean, it's a blast. You and I both do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do it every day. I do it some days, but yeah, it's super fun. Yeah.
0: People are innovating in really cool ways, and it allows me to learn a little bit about a lot of things, which is really great.
1: Nice. And and I, I suppose the the deeper you get, the better you get at Like the next X company, you can ask better questions. You can build on what you've learned, right?
0: For sure. You know, reporting in general is a constant learning process. I think if you're not learning and adapting, then... You know, you're not doing your job right. So that's that's well, a goal. Well,
1: you know, to that point, I'll ask you this last question because mm-hmm. because reporting by itself is, I mean, that would just be dry. Just yeah. saying, you know, here are the facts: who, what, when, where, why, mm-hmm. whatever. That's that's not interesting. For so, sure. how do you think of a story before you write it? You know, that that sort of gets your energy and your curiosity into the into the words.
0: Yeah. I think that you, you know, the most interesting stories are people focused and I go away from an interview and how I start a story is just thinking of, okay, what did I think was the most interesting thing to come out of that? And I'll start the story that way. Um, because I think that's how, you know, how people are going to keep reading. Um, so yeah, definitely, you know, focusing on the people rather than, and how it affects people rather than, you know, just the, the business by itself. Yeah.
1: And that makes sense. I've been doing some reading about you know, how to attract attention mm-hmm. in today's noisy, noisy world. <laughs> and it used to be that I think the pattern of writing was, you know, an intro, then the body, then you get to it, you make your point, and then you conclude. Or- and what I'm hearing now is that's just not the way to do it. Catchy headline, and then you basically, your conclusion comes first. Oh, You've yeah. got to slap <laughs> them across the face with why they want to read, right? Yeah, or, yeah. Have you changed your style?
0: Um, I You know... That's one thing they they teach in journalism school. I try to always smack people (laughs) in the face. Um, But yeah, definitely front-loading the news, front-loading the interest to get them to be interested enough to read the details that maybe aren't as flashy is is the, the constant struggle.
1: Listeners, glad you're here on ProCo 360, where we say live, work, love Colorado, because you and I and my guests can be successful anywhere and choose Colorado. Nikki, glad you chose Colorado.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here.
1: And uh, glad you joined us. Listeners, you make the show successful by subscribing to the ProCo 360 podcast. And if you haven't yet, it's a huge help if you submit a review in your app. Thanks again to show sponsors, Kinsley Meetings via Technologies, and our partners at Colorado Biz Magazine. That's the show, live, work, love Colorado.